Alhamdulillah, we are once again in our brief Dars of Quran series, and today is the second time and day we are, inshallah, going to cover a passage from the Quran. And yesterday we spoke about Surah Al Baqarah, how the Surah is named Baqarah after the cow of the Bani Israel, and the story related to that. And today, tonight, inshallah, we are starting from the second juz. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in ayah 142 from the beginning of the second juz, second para. Sayyakulus ba'da a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Sayyakulus sufaha'u minan smawallahum an qiblatihim alladhi kanu alayha. Kullillahil mashriq wal maghrib, yahdi man yasha'u ila siratil mustaqim. This is ayah 142 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this beginning passage is talking about one of the tests and the trials upon the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu the Sahaba radiallahu anhu ajma'in and how they were successful in this test. And they proved that they have iman and they believe in Allah and they believe in Rasulullah sallallahu And they faced the taunts and the attacks of the mushrikeen of the munafiqeen of the yahud who taunted them who mocked at them but they remained steadfast and this is referring to the test of the tahwilul qibla the changing of the qibla first of all what is the qibla the qibla is the direction that we focus in our ibadah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Wherever you turn is the face of Allah He could have made it permissible for us to pray in any direction North, south, east, west Whichever direction you face But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to create unity in our ibadah And he wanted to create unity throughout the Muslim world So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected one particular location as the focal point for all of us to face in our ibadah and that direction is our qibla of salah this qibla he did not leave it up to us to figure out on our own where we should focus our attention where we should face when we pray then every nation every people would be calling towards their own qibla and we would never have unity Rather from the beginning of time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Sent down his angels That selected This specific spot And Even before Adam alayhi salam Was created uh, The foundation of the Kaaba Was laid by the angels Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala says Inna awwala baytin Wudi'a linnas Lalladhi bibakka Mubarakan wahudan lil'alameen Verily the first house that was erected For the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, de- is in the land of Bakka Which is the old name of Mecca In the valley of Mecca And it is Mubarakan wahudan lil'alameen It is a source of barakah And blessing and guidance for all the worlds It is a Mubarak place It is a blessed place It is a blessed house It is a source of guidance all the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends on that house 
and from there it is spread throughout the world so this is the actual purpose of the Qibla to give us unity in direction and the Muslims whether they're white or black whether they're Arab or non-Arab rich or poor whichever country they live in they all focus in the direction of the Kaaba to perform their five times daily prayers and this is the beautiful harmony and beautiful unity that is created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by granting us this great gift of the Qibla sometimes the non-Muslims in particular the idol worshippers whether they were in the past or the idol worshippers of today the Hindus they might think that we worship our idols and similarly the Muslims they bow down towards or prostrate towards the Kaaba are they worshipping the black stone are they worshipping the Kaaba Billah. one such Hindu Hindu priest Pandit he came to Hakim al-Ummat Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanwi rahmatullah and uh, he said that what is the difference between you and us we worship our idols you also worship the Kaaba na'udhu billah na'udhu billah you worship the stone just like you say we are worshipping stone you are also uh, prostrating towards the stone so Mawlana Ashraf Ali Thanwi rahmatullah explained to him we are not worshipping the stones of the Kaaba we are not making sajda to the Kaaba itself we are making sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Kaaba is just a direction and uh, to explain further he asked him a few questions he said is it permissible number one is it permissible to stand on top of an idol and worship the idol if you stand on his head on top of the head of the idol you climb up and then you're standing on top of its head and then can you worship the idol the priest the Hindu priest said absolutely not how can you stand on an idol and worship him then Mawlana replied the salah is permissible on the roof of the Kaaba if you're standing on the roof of the Kaaba you can pray in any direction because ahead of you is the same area which is within the Kaaba so you are okay just like when you pray inside the Kaaba you can pray in any direction in the books of fiqh that we study kitab salah there is a chapter the chapter of praying in the Kaaba how do you pray in jama'ah if there is an imam in muqtadis or how do you pray individually subhanallah it is a very beautiful and unique prayer if there is an imam leading the salah and they are performing salah inside the Kaaba the imam can be facing any one wall of the Kaaba from inside and the followers could be facing different walls and still their salah would be valid even if they're not facing the same wall as the imam it's a very unique prayer so the first question he asked is can you pray salah on top of the can you worship an idol by standing on his head no you cannot can we perform salah on the roof of the Kaaba yes you can so does this mean we are worshipping the Kaaba absolutely not we are worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one question second question is if the, the idol is uh, destroyed or moved away or stolen or is not physically present can you worship the idol where it used to be he said no I mean you need the idol to worship the idol how can you worship the idol if it's not even physically there he said 
my response is look na'udhu billah may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect the Kaaba but if there is a flood and the Ka- the walls of the Kaaba fall down or na'udhu billah if there is a battle and there is a war taking place uh, due to which the Kaaba is demolished uh, as has happened unfortunately in the past many people are very very sad about how the Kaaba is empty right now but just I'm not trying to take away from that tragedy but it is a great tragedy no doubt it is a great tragedy and our hearts bleed but just to give himma and courage to those who may completely lose hope that there were great tragedies or even greater tragedies in the past when Hajjaj ibn Yusuf al-Thaqafi came to attack Abdullah ibn Zubair that was based in Mecca he was a general sent by the Banu Umayyah Abdul Malik bin Marwan he brought these catapults which were called Minjaniq these big uh, artillery pieces that would hurl stones and rocks these are the ancient uh, artillery pieces and uh, artillery for the war and they would f- uh, project uh, big stones and uh, when those stones fell uh, uh, on the troops of Abdullah bin Zubair and the houses they actually demolished the Kaaba itself so the Kaaba was demolished or if something is less drastic if um, uh, if the Kaaba is being renovated and the bricks and stones are removed so would the Salah be valid uh, throughout the world would the Tawaf be valid without the Kaaba in place uh, yes it will because it is not the stone that we are worshipping and nor is the stone that we are circumambulating but rather that piece of earth that direction that is the maqsood and the objective so this was the third difference so if the stones of the Kaaba are all removed and uh, and if you take them to Jeddah for example and you re uh, enact a, uh, you rebuild the Kaaba in in Jeddah the, all the same pieces of stone you build a new Kaaba in in Jeddah or in Riyadh or in any city of the world you you, fl- you take them um, <clears throat> to any country any city and you rebuild the Kaaba with the exact same bricks and stones that was in the original Kaaba would you perform Salah towards that Kaaba no you would not would you make Tawaf of that building I don't want to even call it a Kaaba this second uh, copy, copy of the Kaaba would you make Tawaf of it absolutely not because it is the direction so even if there is no building there the Tawaf would continue the Salah would continue towards that direction so first was the roof second one uh, was um, the fact that uh, you you can perform salah on the roof of the Kaaba you cannot you cannot worship on the on the head of the uh, of the idol and if the Kaaba is moved you can continue to perform salah if the idol is moved you cannot worship it third one is that in the entire salah that we perform there is no praise of the Kaaba we do not he asked the priest when you worship an idol what do you do he said you praise it and and you glorify it and then you ask your needs from it and say to the idol that grant me my needs grant me health grant me wealth grant me a child whatever the need may be you ask from the idol you praise that 
idol and then you ask your need. Just like we do in Surah Al-Fatiha. Only you to be worshipped and only your aid we seek. So he said that uh, if you look in the salah, in the entire salah, is there any praise of the Kaaba? And is there any uh, isti'ana or are we seeking help from the Kaaba? Absolutely not. The entire salah we are praising Allah subhanahu rabbi al-azim. Sometimes subhanahu rabbi al-a'la. Sometimes Allahu Akbar. Sometimes tilawah of the Quran. Sometimes at-tahiyyatu lillah wa salawat. It's always about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we are praying to Allah. We are not praying to the idol of the Kaaba. Na'udhu billah. So this is what the Kaaba is. It's our Qibla. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he was in Makkah al-Mukarramah, he was given instruction by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to perform salah towards the Kaaba, uh, towards the Qibla of the Banu Israel. Uh, and this was the Qibla of the, pro- of the prophets of the past of the Banu Israel. Now going back, first Adam alayhi time, the, the, the Kaaba was existing. That continued all the way until the flood of Nuh salam. And after Nuh salam's flood destroyed uh, everything, it was rebuilt by Ibrahim alayhi salam. وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ This is right at the end of the first juz. When Allah Ta'ala speaks about Ibrahim a.s. building the Kaaba, Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ The foundations were already there from before, pre-existing. Ibrahim a.s. rebuilt the foundations, rebuilt the walls, and built the Kaaba with his son Ismail a.s. as his helper. And this was one uh, house of worship he made and the second house of worship he made was with his other son Ishaq salam, in Baytul Maqdis in Jerusalem in Palestine in, in uh, that blessed land Masjid al-Aqsa alladhi barakna hawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina innahu Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the 15th Jews in Surah Al-Isra this is the blessed land barakna hawlahu we have blessed the land around it Masjid al-Aqsa was also built by Ibrahim a.s. So he built two houses of worship. Now in the progeny of Ismail a.s. No prophet came up to Rasulullah a.s. All of the prophets came in the progeny of Ishaq a.s. Ishaq a.s. son was also a prophet Yaqub a.s. Yaqub a.s. was also named Israel. And his children were the 12 tribes of Bani Israel. The 12 sons that he had. They were the Bani Israel, the children of Yaqub. Amongst them Yusuf salam and Binyamin salam. So all of the prophets uh, came on this side of the family, the Yaqub salam side, Ishaq salam side, and they continued to worship towards the Baytul Maqdis. And then when Rasulullah was granted prophethood, he was the final prophet, he was initially ordered to perform salah towards the Baytul Maqdis. Now Baytul Maqdis, Masjid al Aqsa, this is in the north. And um, when you come south from Baytul Maqdis, you pass the city of Medina, and you continue south, you come to the city of Makkah. So Makkah is on the extreme south, Medina is in the middle, and Baytul Maqdis is in the north. So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, his heart was attached to the Kaaba because this was the qibla that his forefather Ismail alaihi salam had built with Ibrahim alaihi salam, and this was the city of his birth. And he was attached to the Kaaba. 
But since it was the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to perform salah towards Baytul Maqdis, he used to perform salah on the southern side of the Kaaba. And therefore the Kaaba was in front of him as well as Baytul Maqdis. He would hit both Qiblas at the same time. And that is why some scholars say that the Qibla was the Kaaba itself in Makkah because he was performing salah towards the Kaaba. But the real story is that the Qibla was Baytul Maqdis. However, he was performing salah on the southern side so that he could face both. If he went on the northern side of the Kaaba, then his back would have been to the Kaaba while he's facing Baytul Maqdis. But he did not perform salah on the northern side. He performed salah on the southern side. The northern side is between the Rukn Iraqi and Rukn Shami. He did not perform salah on that side. He performed salah between the Hajra Aswad and the Rukn Yamani. The Rukn Yamani is the south, a western tip of the Kaaba, and the Hajra Aswad is the south eastern tip of the Kaaba. Between these two, he would perform salah facing Kaaba and Baytul Maqdis at the same time. Then when the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came to perform Hijrah, he migrated to Medina. Now he is north of Makkah. Okay, now he's in the middle. Now, if he wants to face Baytul Maqdis, he must face north. And if he wants to face the Kaaba, he must face south. He cannot face both the, both Qiblas at the same time. So it was very difficult for him, but he had to fulfill the command of Allah. So he continued to face north. And this was when he built the Masjid al-Nabawi, built the Masjid al-Quba. Initially, the Mihrab was facing Jerusalem, facing the north side. Until today in Masjid al-Nabawi, that area is marked where the original Mihrab used to be, where the original place where Rasulullah used to lead the prayer in the back of the Masjid, back of the Masjid of that time. Okay? So this is facing the north. And this continued for about 16 to 17 months. Why did Nabi why was Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi ordered to do this? So that he would have the distinct honor of being Nabiul Qiblatain. The Nabi who performed salah towards both Qiblas. The Qibla of the Anbiya of Bani Israel as well as the Qibla of Ismail salam. He got to perform salah towards both Qiblas. And it was also an outward sign and an indication to the Ahlul Kitab, to the Jews and the Christians that he is not coming with a new religion that has no connection with the previous religions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the heavenly religions but rather he is the culmination and the conclusion of the message sent by Allah ta'ala throughout time by various prophets he is from the same golden chain and he is the conclusion of that chain he is not the first prophet or the only prophet Rather, he is the Khatam al-Anbiya, the seal of the prophets. So there is a link with the previous prophets. It is the same Allah who has sent Musa and Isa. is the same Allah who has sent Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi The same Jibreel alayhi who brought the wahi upon the previous prophets is the same Jibreel alayhi who has brought the Qur'an. There is a very close connection uh, between Rasulullah sallallahu and the previous prophets. They are like brothers, as Rasulullah sallallahu himself said. We are like brothers... Um, that we are in the same chain and Rasulullah was actually asked by Allah Ta'ala and made by Allah Ta'ala to lead all the prophets in Salah in Masjid Aqsa on his nightly journey in Isra and Mi'raj to show that he is from the same Sinsala in the same golden chain and he is actually not only from the same chain but the Sayyidul Mursaleen he is the leader of all the prophets so his leadership 
was established by making him the imam, granting him the honor of being the imam, and all the anbiya following behind him. And this would make it easier for those Jews or Christians uh, who had uh, any desire to seek the truth that they could follow Islam and accept Rasulullah as their prophet because they would realize that, wow, he is the seal of the prophet. He is connected to my prophet. He has brought the latest message from the same Allah that I was worshipping before. So 16 months were given for that time. After, uh, after that time elapsed and... Uh, those who wanted to convert converted amongst them a great rabbi and scholar of the Jewish tradition Abdullah ibn Salam who became radiallahu ta'ala anhu sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu he was a teacher of the rabbis in Baytul Midras the Jewish seminary in Medina and he accepted Islam and other few accepted Islam unfortunately majority of them did not out of arrogance they were looking forward to the last prophet and Allah ta'ala speaks about this in Surah Al-Baqarah وَكَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ يَسْتَفْتِحُونَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا That they used to be uh, making wasila of Rasulullah that the final prophet will come and through his help we are going to overcome you, O Arabs. The Jews used to say that to the non-Arabs. Uh, the Jews used to say that to the Arabs as they themselves were non-Arabs. They used to say to the Arabs we are going to overpower you in Medina and we are going to rule over Medina when the final prophet migrates here we are going to support him and we are going to believe in him and with his leadership, we will overcome you. And what a strange irony. When the Prophet came that they recognized him, they disbelieved in him. So the curse of Allah on those who denied the truth despite knowing it. The Arabs, they ended up believing in Rasulullah The Aus and the Khazraj, the two Arab tribes, they became the Ansar of Rasulullah And the Banu Qaynuqa and Banu Qurayza and Banu Nadir the Jewish tribes, uh, they were, they were, they were ended up being exiled, or they ended up losing everything, uh, as uh, they did not accept the final prophet, despite knowing. So, th- very few converted, but a few of them did, and that opportunity was given after 16 months. Then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala commanded Rasulullah sallallahu "Now you can go ahead and face the direction of Makkah." Uh, the Qibla that you wanted the Qibla that you liked the Qibla that you wanted to face we are going to grant it to you you can go ahead and face so they were facing north now they ended up facing south so they made a 180 degree turn okay so this was the test that I was speaking about in the beginning a big test um, and the test was that the Allah ta- that the Prophet of Allah وسلم, is saying face north and, and you are doing this for 16 months and then one fine morning he comes and says no you have to face south so if you did not have a strong iman you would start scratching your head that what's going on can you make up your mind what, what do you want us to do billah, something of that nature and that is what the hypocrite said and this is the ayah that I'm quoting one ayah 142 first ayah of the second juz uh, many people know this as a, a sayaqul sufaha the sayaqul para the para that starts with sayaqul Right. What is this whole sayaqul about? Sayaqul al-sufaha. Sufaha is the plural of safihun, which means foolish ones. The foolish amongst the people, minan nasi. Sayaqul al-sufaha u minan nasi. The foolish amongst the people are going to say, ma wallahum an qiblatihimu allati kanu aliha. What in the world is going on? Why did you turn away from the qibla that you used to observe, that you were following before? Why did you turn in the opposite direction? Qul lillahi al-mashriq wal-maghrib. 
Say to them that to Allah belongs the east and the west and the north and south and all directions belong to Allah. يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ He is the one who will guide whomever he wills to the straight path. Allah has chosen to guide the Sahaba so they are at the pinnacle of Iman. They are following uh, and they have, uh, they're giving their unquestioned obedience to Rasulullah whereas you, Munafiqun, hypocrites, Yahud, Mushrikun are just on the sidelines mocking, objecting and uh, are, and are going to die without iman and will face the res- outcome of that yeah he is the one who guides whom he wishes to the straight path so subhanallah this is the essence of islam essence of islam is submission submission to the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it makes sense we submit to the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it does not make sense we submit to the will of allah ta'ala when it is convenient and easy, we submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When it is difficult and hard, we submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we like it, we submit to the will of Allah ta'ala. When you do not like it, we submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the true submission that they showed and gave us an example. And uh, the highlight of this tahwil of Qibla, the change of the Qibla is in when we go to Mazin Nabwi, when we go to Madinah uh, Al-Manawara, visit Mazin Nabwi, visit Mazin Quba, etc., then many of us who have gone for Umrah may Allah Ta'ala accept it and many of us who may not have gone will go soon inshallah when Allah opens it up again and may Allah Ta'ala take us there many many times we will visit Masjid Al-Qiblatayn and those who have visited Masjid Al-Qiblatayn may have heard of the story so Rasulullah according to the actual Muhaqqiqin scholars there are different narrations here but uh, the particular narration and understanding that our teacher Mufti Al-Haqsab when he taught us he preferred is that Rasulullah did not uh, uh, change during his prayer. Rather, Nabi Sallallahu performed Dhuhr Salah towards Baytul Maqdis, and then he performed Asr Salah towards the Kaaba. He, he, you know, th- he did not switch in the middle of the prayer. Uh, so, after performing Asr in the new direction, he told everyone, "Let's uh, the mihrab and the member is going to be on the opposite side. There was no member in the beginning; the member came later. But the mihrab from is going to now be the become the back of the masjid." Subhanallah, imagine the back of the masjid becomes the front, the front becomes the back. Oh my God, he completely turned it upside down. Uh, so he, he said, that's it. And everyone, mashallah, they, 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 they followed through. They said, okay, we are ready, we submit. Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. We're not like the Bani Israel who say, Sami'na wa asayna. We hear and we disobey. Rather, they said, Sami'na wa ata'na. We hear and we obey. So they prayed Asr at the new Qibla direction uh, towards the Kaaba. And then what happened is, uh, one of uh, them who prayed, he he left the, the after the salah, and he traveled towards the Banu Salama tribe that they had the local masjid. So there were local masjids uh, uh, outside of Masjid Nabwi in the outskirts of Medina. They would perform their daily prayers there, and then they would come to Masjid Nabwi to perform Juma and Eid, etc. Um, like Muadh ibn Jabal radiAllahu anhu was an Imam in a masjid during the lifetime of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And one Sahabi complained that he would recite very long qirat. Uh, right? There is a story about that. Another Imam during the life of Rasulullah Sallam, he was leading his mas- uh, his uh, his masjid in salah, and he would be reciting Qul Allahu Ahad in every rakah alongside other surahs. But he would first recite Qul Ahad, then the other surah. Every rakah he recited Qul Allahu Ahad. This hadith is in Bukhari, and a complaint came about him to Rasulullah Sallam, and he said that you know why do you do that? He said uhibbuha. Uh, because I love this surah Rasulullah said the love you have for this surah will 
will enter you in Jannah. So we have all of these examples of different Imams leading prayers during the life of Rasulullah in the small masajid. Uh, because it's something that you have to attend five times a day and you have to continue with your life and your work and your family. So if you are going to leave everything and go all the way far off to Masjid Nabwi, then it would become difficult. So it was uh, uh, established that by Rasulullah the permission was granted to build different masajid. Masjid Quba, of course, continued to remain. That was built by Rasulullah and other masajid. So they came to the Banu Salama Masjid, and the Banu Salama, Subhanallah, this is the, a great, great example of submission to the will of Allah. They were engaged in the Asr. Okay, uh, so they uh, they had they were still praying the Asr Salah. And this person who brought the news, he came and he announced. He announced that oh Muslims oh my dear friends oh my companions oh the Imam and Muqtadis who are praying the Qibla has changed we are now supposed to face the Kaaba so the people they heard that and the Imam heard it subhanallah so he was facing north so he turned around and walked around to the back of the masjid and now which became the front of the masjid Allah Akbar and he continued his salah facing south facing the Kaaba and everyone that was standing they turned around 180 degrees Allah were in the middle of the prayer and how come this movement was permitted because in the earlier days walking and talking uh, and all of these actions were permitted in prayer that became abrogated uh, when the ayah was revealed stand in ibadah silently quietly in the earlier days people used to say salam to one another respond to the salam and would uh, if somebody sneezed they would say alhamdulillah ya all of that would be permissible uh, example of that is when abdullah uh, ibn masud radiyallahu anhu uh, he left makkatul makarramah in the early days when talking was permitted in salah and he migrated to habasha ethiopia and uh, then after rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam came to Medina and after this ayah was revealed he was unaware of that new command of not being able to talk and talking being prohibited and finally he made it back from from Ethiopia to Medina and joined up with Rasulullah so imagine the situation imagine the scene when he comes back and he sees the Prophet praying Salah now he didn't just go to the bathroom and came back he didn't just go to the office and come back or home he left Makkah and went to Ethiopia he left the you know, Arabia to Ethiopia, which is from one continent of Asia to the continent of Africa, across the Red Sea, and he stayed there for some years. Now he comes back and finally meets up with the Prophet in Medina. So it's been a long time and a long journey. And he comes in and says, Assalamu alaikum, Ya Rasulullah. So much love, so much excitement to see the Prophet once again. Imagine in real life, I can see the Prophet. He says, Assalamu alaikum, Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet did not respond. And he says, Assalamu alaykum, Ya Rasulullah. He's not responding. He's doing ruku, sajda. He's not talking. Assalamu alaykum, Ya Rasulullah. What's going on? And then he said, Oh my God. He was devastated. Why is he upset with me? What in the world did I do wrong? All kinds of negative thoughts were going through his mind. He said, I'm lost. I'm destroyed. The Prophet is ignoring me. And uh, of course, he did not know. So after the Prophet completed the salah, then he turned towards him and hugged him and said, Oh Abdullah, the talking has been prohibited in salah. So this is why. You know, in case you're wondering, oh, can I, can 
Can I start walking around in salah? Can I move around in salah? The technical perspective of fiqh is that um, if a person change, turns his face away from the qibla, his salah will still be valid. But if he turns his chest away from the qibla, his torso, either to the right or the left, the salah will break. Billah, if somebody is performing salah standing, somebody is joking with him, which is absolutely unacceptable. Some youth, for example, and one one young man, he pushes the person who's performing salah so that his his torso, his his chest, his uh, his body is now not facing the qibla anymore. Then his salah will break. So this was a a, a great act of submission to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that was. Uh, performed by the Sahaba and that is why that masjid became known as the Masjidul Qiblatain. It is the only masjid in the history of Islam that within one prayer the salah was performed towards two different qiblas. Very unique prayer. Um, there is no specific virtue with, regarding this masjid, you know, as there is with respect to Masjid Quba, Masjid Nabwi, Masjid Al Haram, that any particular prayer will be multiplied, the reward or you will get so much reward for visiting it or praying there. It is a historic masjid. And it's important to remember the history so we can also, inshallah, follow in their footsteps and submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason I didn't want to go in so much history, but and there's still so much more to talk about, but I'm just skimming the surface. And the, uh, the thing is, I just wanted uh, to um, mention this as a reminder uh, that there's so many lessons. I mean, there's so many uh, ayat that still come after this, Allahu Akbar. Uh, uh, that I just want to at least mention the translation and tarjuma. If I don't get a chance to make tafsir, uh, Allah Taala says in verse 143, And we did not make the qibla that you used to observe before, Baytul Maqdis except for the purpose was that we wanted to manifest لِنَعْلَمَ means لِنُذْهِرَ Allah Ta'ala wanted to ex- show who are those مَنْ يَتَّبِعُ الرَّسُولُ who are those who truly are going to follow the messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and make them distinct مِمَّا يَنْقَلِبُ عَلَىٰ عَقِبَيْهِ from those who are going to turn on their heels and are going to forsake Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Ta'ala Himself saying this is a very kabira major thing to swallow it's a very bitter pill to swallow face north face south what's going on Allah Ta'ala himself is saying وَإِن كَانَتْ لَكَبِيرَ this is a big deal it's a big deal to uh, follow, follow this command إِلَّا عَلَى الَّذِينَ هَدَ اللَّهِ except for those whom Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala guides and then يعني, if Allah Ta'ala guided a person and granted him iman it would be easy otherwise it would be difficult and majority of the sahaba they remain steadfast uh the Murafiqun, of course, we already covered that ayah. Say, The foolish ones, they said, Oh, what's going on? Why They made a mockery. And one other objection they made us, What about Uthman ibn Madhu'un, who was one of the earliest muhajir who passed away, uh, foster brother of Rasulullah, and other sahaba who passed away? They were praying towards the wrong qibla. Ha ha, they were praying towards the wrong qibla. They died. They never knew. This is an objection they made. Allah Ta'ala said, Of course, that's a wrong objection. وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُوْدِيعَ إِيمَانَكُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to let your iman go to waste. The scholars say that subhanAllah salah is termed iman here. Salah is such an important aspect of iman that the Allah ta'ala instead of saying that Allah will not waste away their salah, Allah ta'ala said Allah will not waste their iman, will not let their faith 
their iman to go waste it will not become da'ir and wasted away um, so salah is such an important aspect of iman that even iman itself was uh, uh, salah itself was called iman verily Allah is very kind and merciful to the believers and concluding I have gone a little bit over time but I want to conclude this now last ayah 144 Allah Ta'ala says قَدْ نَرَى تَقَلُّبَ وَجْهِكَ فِي السَّمَاءِ We are used to see you, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as you continually used to be raising your face up to the heavens waiting for wahi, waiting for revelation when are you going to send down Jibreel Alayhi Wasallam with the command to face the Kaaba that you love فَلَنْ وَلِيَنَّكَ قِبْلَةً تَرْضَاهَا Now we are going to grant you that Qibla that you love the Qibla that you are happy the Qibla that you like أَرْضَاهَا means that I like Allah Ta'ala didn't say I want to give you the Qibla that I like because I am the Allah but rather he gave such an honor to Rasulullah such a maqam such a station to Rasulullah that he said I am going to give you the Qibla تَرْضَاهَا that you like I want to make you happy this is the highest level نفس مرضيه. This is Amara Bisu, then Lawama, then Mutmainna, then Radiyah, then Mardiyah. Mardiyah is the one that Allah makes him happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually working to make that person happy. Like Allah ta'ala is making this change in the Qibla to please Rasulullah. To please Rasulullah. Subhanallah. This is the highest level of achievement, of, of rank that a person can ever achieve. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is wanting to make that individual happy. We will give you that qibla tardaha that you will be happy with. Now turn your face in the direction of Masjid Haram. And wherever you may be, whether you're traveling or whether you're at home in local masjid, then turn your face in its direction. And those people who have been granted the book, the Torah and Injil, the Christians and the Jews, they know very well that this is the truth from their Lord and Allah is not unaware of what they do Allah knows what's going on so this was a, a very beautiful chapter of submission of the Sahaba this also shows us the love Allah Ta'ala had for Rasulullah granted him the Qibla that he loved and the bottom line lesson for us it's not just a historical lesson oh we learned the history what happened and you know just keep it at that but the lesson for us is in this day and age particularly our children and our youth they keep on questioning why this why that why do we have to do this why do we have to do that right as parents you know you may be nodding your heads oh my god exactly this happens all the time so the bottom line is we have to inculcate this ideology within ourselves and within our children that at the end of the day we are slaves and Allah is our master and as the slaves of the master we obey the command of our master in every circumstance when it makes sense when it does not make sense we submit to the order of Allah that we submit to Allah Ta'ala whatever our beloved Allah Ta'ala wants from us we are ready to comply and this is the actual meaning of Islam and this is the great model that the Sahaba presented for us we had to follow in their footsteps